0: Sandeep, oh Sandeep. deep with Sandeep, Sandeep, oh, Sandeep. deep with Sandeep. Welcome, 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 welcome Sebcam, welcome listeners, welcome to Getting Deep with Sandeep. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call it, Getting Deep? Yeah, Getting Deep with Sandeep, it rhymes well and uh, my friend from the meditation group suggested it and I was like, yeah, this sounds good. It's a good one, yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah everyone we have none other than um, a living real forest gump in the house <laughs> <laughs> for those who watch forest gump um in today's episode i have this special legendary person who's been running all over the country for a pretty long time and we'll get into the details of it uh, we have Uh, a fitness enthusiast, someone who who lives life uh, in his own terms, someone who inspires people, someone who has a lot of followers, someone who shows people how to view the world um, in in a different uh, view, someone who has uh, opinions about living the life Um, you know, living a life closer to nature and closer to your true self. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to none other than.
1: Amazing. That was a brilliant introduction. (laughs) All those things you list. I do. I was like, Oh, I guess I do do that, but not on purpose. I just, (laughs) to me, all I do is I say, push the button, record what's going on, document the day and just show everyone. And then of course, then it does all the things that you just listed but um yeah it's not necessarily a purposeful like i'm gonna show them this because i don't know what i can show someone how do i know i'm just gonna film what's going on
0: right absolutely so for everyone uh in the in the room who whoever's listening to uh to you for the first time my friends my followers uh, those who are probably watching uh, you for the first time um, and those who know you but probably don't know you completely. Do you want to give a quick introduction about who is Seb Cam and what is Seb your first name? Is Cam your second name? What's what's going on there?
1: <laughs> yeah, Seb's my real name, Sebastian and uh, my, my real last name's too long and complicated so someone once noticed that I was filming everything and and something funny was going on. And so they looked around and they're like, where's the camp? Like, where's the Sebcam?" Mm-hmm. And then when he said that, I thought, wow, that's a brilliant name. Seb cam, like a webcam. It's always filming what's going on. And I've sort of expanded on that theory that it's like the Truman show where literally the camera's always on. Like, right. And then combine that now with Forrest Gump uh, running along. Right. So that's a new idea, but it's essentially, I've been filming myself since 2000 and, Four? Mm-hmm. pretty much every day mm-hmm. regardless of what it was that was going on how interesting it was but it's only in the last few years and I've always been planning this where I'm like I'm going to run not just across America like Forrest Gump but round the world mm-hmm. all the way around in a circle till I get back to where I started in England mm-hmm. 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 so that's kind of currently what I'm doing mm-hmm. I'm essentially a video blogger vlogger, just film what's happening and I just create adventures for myself along the way, just so happens that I have, like you said, this healthy lifestyle and this different way of eating and looking at life. Mm-hmm. And when did this start? What, the healthy eating thing? The the lifestyle that you are currently living and the inspiration for it. Around 2007, and seven, eight, I kind of tiptoed towards vegetarian because I was sick of getting sick all the time. Mm-hmm. I was... Having a cold or a flu or a headache or sore throat, <laughs> right. like always calling into work sick, like constantly. <laughs> at least sometimes one or few days each week, or certainly oh, a, a week or yeah. so each month. And I think it's a lot to do with partying and and right, you right, know right, pushing right. pushing the limits. But I could look back at my MySpace, it was back then, scroll back through the history timeline, and it would be like party, and we're all <laughs> dressed up in silly outfits or whatever, getting really drunk. Yeah. Then it would be like, oh, I'm really sick. Oh no, and it. I'd see the questions. Are you coming out this weekend? What are you doing? No, no, I don't feel well. So it was like, just rollercoaster was like, I don't feel good. I do feel good. I don't feel good. And I wondered like, why do people get sick? Especially I was working in an office environment. That guy didn't get sick. That guy, they say something's going around like germs. Mm-hmm. You kept caught the cold, you know, the winter flu. So I wondered why do people get sick? Some people don't get sick. And that was the first question that I began to Google and that uncovered to me this acid alkaline pH balance or or the notion that what you eat actually affects your health that if you eat alkaline foods you literally can't get sick whereas if you eat acidic foods that harbors disease and perpetuates illness mm-hmm. there's only one real sickness which is a cell malfunctions a cell can't work right the cell can't work right in an acidic environment so when i uncovered that i was like oh, wow oh i found the secret to like never being sick again and i haven't, I haven't been sick since 2007,
0: right? So let's dive a little deep into it because mm. you found a secret in 2007. But when people listen to this, maybe they will find a secret through you in 2021. So what mm. is the secret in alkaline acid? day? can you give an example, uh, give an idea uh, into your
1: diet? Yeah. The best advice I can give is pull up Google right now and type in acid, alkaline pH food chart. And because that's a visual representation, it, it you know, Google images, and it will pull up a chart of all the different foods. And it will show that some are very acidic, bad for you. And they tend to be like alcohol, coffee, packaged products, things that come in tins, boxes, cans, man-made stuff, right? Mm. Things that products that man sells. And on the flip side, on the alkaline side of the chart, you'll find a lot of things that are like nature grows naturally bananas, melons, pineapples, even oranges and, and lemons that seem acidic. They have an alkalizing effect. So there's really not many plants that are. They're acidic. All the plants are alkalizing. All the plants are good for you. All the stuff that man's making is is what's making people sick. (laughs) Hmm.
0: So uh, I remember you had mentioned in your diet um, you had an acronym. The root, no, don't no. Oh, you're the formula. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I try chef. and
1: I try to simplify everything because people think, oh, health's way too complicated. Um, I always hear, mm-hmm. you know, you have too much of this, too much of that. People try and use it's called an appeal to futility, like it's futile even trying to be healthy. So I won't bother, it's too much misinformation and uh, it's too difficult to understand. So I'm like, okay, how about this? It's only four things to try and remember, and it pretty much goes in order of the best to the worst. Fruits, roots, rice, and oats. So, fruit is a top choice. Roots, as in potatoes, carrots, beetroots, Rice, just have as much rice as you like. Have as much potatoes as you like. I just mentioned, and the last one being oats. Um, have as much oats as you like. Unlimited carbohydrate is something you don't hear very often. Most mm-hmm. people are, are telling you low carb, keto is the new keyword, like. I think all of this is misinformation and it's it's keeping people sick and and stupid <laughs> so yeah so uh,
0: absolutely so a lot of my friends are in the are living the uh, or my you know the my social circle they are living the corporate life where they uh, would be like they probably are not running as much as you do so when they listen to you know uh, eat a lot of carbs the next question that they would have right now I'm sure that they would have they'd be like hey he runs so he can say eat a lot of carbs." so what
1: do you have to say for that yeah it's the classic uh, misinterpretation like number one sugar slash carbs mm-hmm. the same thing really are bad and so then if we overcome that then it's like misunderstanding number two oh but you're different you can eat the sugar all the carbs because <laughs> you're running so that's not true either mm-hmm. Everybody needs sugar and carbs. Every sun in the body runs on sugar. Any living thing, if it's weak and, and weary and tired, you give it some sugar or some water, it will revitalise it. Mm-hmm. I've helped a, a bumblebee, you know, that's drowning in a swimming pool, picked it out, let it dry off, and given it a spoon of honey and off he flies. You're right. It literally saved lives. Mm-hmm. And that applies to all human beings, regardless how much you're running. You won't or working out or whatever you won't have the appetite like I do for that many carbs if you're not doing right, that much so right. your body will naturally limit it right so you can't it, yeah.
0: overeat it's an excuse it's it's overthinking and i think it's fear the i think we had a conversation a lot of us in our life before taking a life changing decision we start our uh, we start our thinking itself with fear
1: and it's a misunderstanding that there's this terminology you burn it off oh you're different because you burn off the right. sugar as if if you eat sugar and you don't burn it off. It becomes fat that there isn't true. Sugar can't become fat. That's a very complex process. Sugar will get burned up in thermogenesis like heat sugar will get burned up. Even with your brain, like chess players can burn a lot more carbs than anyone else. Sugar can be used on your laptop getting work done. I've known guys gain a six pack from switching to bananas from sausages. They didn't change their workout routine at all. Eating fat will make you fat. That's why it's called fat. Right, right,
0: right. Just to clarify, uh, for everyone who's listening, by sugar seb means the sugar from fruits and natural resources.
1: Yeah, but then that's another one of these misunderstandings is that sugar as we know it in a bag, uh, you know, that we deem to be oh, that's bad sugar because that's uh, processed. What that really is is a grass, it's your sugar cane right, right. which has been cut, squished the, the juice and then dried so it's only a dried grass right. so it's still y- y- natural yeah even sugar isn't that bad it's just been <laughs> processed right I mean it's more difficult to access like in, in nature you wouldn't find the sugarcane grass and really be able to chew it with your teeth right. nothing like fruit but if you haven't got much choice and you're just looking for some calories and, and some fuel and you want to think clearly go for the sugar yeah. it's, it's still on the menu it's not bad like either sugar's bad or sugar's good you can't have like a, a bit of both like oh well a <laughs> teaspoon's okay but don't have too much and some people say it's a drug it's like cocaine mm-hmm. uh they get really over the top it's a poison if that were true where are the people who are dying of sugar overdose where are the people who have like a sugar addiction like i can have bags of sugar like when i'm running over a mountain eating oats it's easy to carry it it's easy to mix in with my oats but I don't have an addiction because then when I get back to melons and bananas, I eat those instead. Like, I'm not like craving like, Oh, I need the sugar. Right. Right. So yeah, it's right. just more misinformation. It's trying to keep people. I think keep them scared and away from right. the, the, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. the energy. Yeah. And your point is be intelligent about it. You know, what's yeah. In terms of the yeah, fruits and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Sugar
1: gives you energy. Yeah. No matter what form it is, whether it's in a complicated, complex carb form, like starch, potatoes, rice, or a more broken down already. Accessible sucrose glucose fructose like in fruit, right? And then the actual table sugar again. It's just sucrose It's like glucose right. fructose. They have a chemical bond, but they're all just very similar So there's none of them are to be afraid of right? It's the fat the oil the salt those are things <laughs> to avoid and that's what no one's talking about <laughs>
0: Right, right, right hey, I, I'm very curious um, to also know a, a little bit about you know, where you're coming from, your uh, your uh, where you were raised, your your background. Mm. Do you wanna give everyone a picture of your childhood? Um, where were you born? What was your childhood like? Who was in your family? What, um, yeah, and uh, what do you get out of your, you know, uh, tra- what traits from your father, from your mother? How was it
1: like? How was childhood like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Not many people sort of dive that deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the sort of earliest memory I remember is growing up in England, mm-hmm. but actually my Father's French. That's where the Sebastian comes from. My mom and my biological father had separated by this point, so I've now got a new dad, a British dad, and that's who I call Dad. Later in my life, what I call Dominic shows up again. Who's my biological dad? Like I'm in my twenties, and he's like, "Oh, my long lost son, I have found mm-hmm. you." And so now I kind of joke, I have two dads. <laughs> I've got my French dad and my my you know British dad that I call mm-hmm. Dad. Um, as far as growing up I was just not French at all I don't know any French I grew up in a British school um, everyone in England is very much sort of um, there's no spiritual woo-woo element there's no health there's no vegan stuff like it's, it's I'm trying to think how to describe it to someone who's never it's nothing like LA you know what I mean? it's nothing like California it's it's very much you just follow what the TV says and that's how I grew up watching a lot of TV, mm-hmm. um, enjoying talking about it the next day at school. Ha ha ha. You know, these <laughs> funny shows until later getting towards exam time, I started cracking down and getting a bit more serious on myself because I'm like, I'm spending all this time watching TV, mm-hmm. playing video games, doing normal schoolboy stuff. Our exams are around 15, 16 and that's when oh, we leave right, high right. school. So you
0: 10th, 10th, 11th. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah do you call it the board exams?
1: Tenth, eleventh, we call it GCSE, General something something exams.
0: I'm curious because <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you, you're from England and you guys ruled us, <laughs> India yeah. till 1947. So a lot of uh, India's uh, culture has been uh. influenced by by uh, by England. So I'm curious w- what terminology is common and what you guys have moved on with. Or
1: yeah, well, we, we seem to do exams at 16, <laughs> and then if you want to go further. That's called A-levels, and that's actually just the equivalent of staying in high school for the 11th and 12th grade. Right. Then after that comes college Same. Or, or university, you know, so Same, yeah. it's like different levels of staying in the, the education system. <laughs> so once I was getting into, like, not watching TV, focusing much more on basketball became a big thing for me. I was, like, really into basketball. I just wanted to be in the NBA. That was, like, my thing. Like, I'm going to be an athlete. I'm going to, like, I don't going to get a real job. I'm going to uh-huh. do what I... Love to do. Like that was your favorite sport since childhood? Um, Not since childhood, actually in my PE class. No wonder I see you with the basketball here playing. Yeah. Uh, I even carry it in my belt. It's like I've got a very limited running belt that I run with, like a Batman utility belt. I never knew you wanted
0: to be a champion, like a pro. I thought you were just, you know, doing it for a workout.
1: No, it's it's like (laughs) the thing I I thought that I would love to do more than anything. Oh, Um, lovely. Yeah. And so... That was all I ever would think of. Like obsessive, I'm quite obsessive with things, so I would be obsessive with the basket. Which which makes you
0: very fascinating, and which is why people are watching you because you probably when you get obsessed, you get really you know into it, and yeah, so you shine.
1: Yeah, you're gonna research it more. It's like all you think about. The same with the uncovering the fruit health information every night. I would just uncover more and more information when it got to the running every night I would spend my time trying to uncover like what's mm. the lightest sleeping bag what's the best gear to carry um so on so it's like it has to be a diving deep it's like a,
0: that. I, I think um, I've met I've been meeting uh attracting that energy off late mm. those who are passionate passionate people are uh have that kind of energy that mm. you're talking about yeah like obsessive energy
1: yeah it starts to get to the point where like I'll ask the bus, the school bus <laughs> to drop me off early, like, like a mile from the house. Cause I'm going to run the last mile home just to time myself really. And uh, see if I can improve. And then over time it was like, don't pick me up at all. I'm just going to ride my bike. And I'd show up at school before the, the school's even unlocked. I have to climb the fence and I'd be training. So this was 11th. This was like, yeah, my final years final. of yeah, it's year 11 is what they call it. Right.
0: And you were, you were concerned that you were watching a lot of TV. Um, you were concerned because you were um, concerned for your health or were you concerned that you weren't doing well in your
1: studies? It just seemed a waste of time. <laughs> the, the only benefit was I could have a little laugh with my mates for five minutes the next day what was your
0: favorite show by the way
1: um harry enfield and chums <laughs> <laughs> only fools and horses red dwarf all these kind of comedy and they're still funny <laughs> red dwarfs amazing for people here in america who haven't heard of red dwarf look that up uh, i will I will. They're, gonna, yeah. they're off in space um they're miles away from earth and uh, they're trying to get home it's just brilliant it's, it's kind of sci-fi comedy um so i still love that stuff but i just had to like balance out is it worth spending a few hours every night? It was basically my whole evening for five minutes the next day. So I tried out, like, maybe don't watch the TV. What happens the next day? Everyone would say, oh, did you see that bit? Ha ha, that said, did you see it? And I say, oh, I didn't see it. And that was it. And then the conversation would move on. So it wasn't a big deal. So I kind of stopped watching. I was like, you know what? I'm going to not watch TV. I'm going to really study at my exams. And uh, there was something on TV called GCSE, the exam, thing, think, bite size. And it was like, you could... Record with an old school VCR tape, these bite-sized sort of exam training. And it would be like, for example, geography, they'd be like, today, we're going to study a river, the river Nile, the river Nile. It became a big, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it would, so I just learned from watching the video. And then it just so happens that in the geography exam, it's like, Pick a river, <laughs> right? Tell us all it, and okay. I'm like, well, this is convenient. Like, I wonder if it's meant to be this way. So, as soon as I logged onto that, I was like, right, I'm gonna watch all these GCSE bite-sized things. So, I totally nailed my exams. I got better grades than anyone else. Like, of, of all the boys, right, right, right. Like the girls, they yeah. got a few higher, yeah, yeah. But I got one, no, two A stars, and then all A's. Yeah. And a couple of Bs. Yeah, you were proud of yourself. Yeah, even I always good. joke I got a B in geography and a B in maths. <laughs> <laughs> so don't ask me directions or get me anything up. But like after that, before I could even get my results, before I even knew I'd I'd sort of trumped everyone else and done that well, I already was on a plane and I'd flown to America for a high school uh, scholarship kind of thing, like a, to play basketball. So oh, wow, I went to North Carolina. Um, summer training you were that good well they didn't know if I was good really I had to fill out a form that was like what's your passion what are you here for blah 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 and and most people fill out I'd like to go to America just to experience the culture (laughs) I was like I'd like to go so I can play basketball I want to be so the coach read this and he was actually searching the profiles for people who play and he said as long as you have the passion I can teach you the skills So when I arrived, I wasn't necessarily that good compared right. to some of them there. I ended up in the starting five, you know, the right. varsity team or whatever. So I was good enough to be in that, in that, you know, lead the team as it were. But I definitely wasn't like the MVP. Um, I was the, what is it they called? Most <laughs> improved player. <laughs> That's like a nice way of saying you were kind of crap when you arrived and you got better. Um, so that year kind of, was very different to what most people in England would have just gone to a different college gone to a different thing. So he's a slightly different. I had a completely new perspective on, I can go to America. I can Beautiful. you know, do all, all different things. You were
0: 18, 17.
1: Yeah. Right. I was like turning 18, um, super like in love with all the girls. Wow. these yeah, American yeah. girls are amazing. Ah, okay. So you, when you first came to America, you were 18? Yeah. W- which year was that last year of I was a senior then in high school. So I did the senior graduation thing. I f- threw the little hat off. Mm-hmm. Um, did well enough again in the grades to to stay on the team, but was much more focused on like I'm here to play basketball and chase the girls. <laughs> right, 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 no,
0: absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely, young boys. So yeah. at the age of 18, you come to America, all these beautiful girls. Failure. yeah.
1: So I totally fall in love with the prom queen. You know the one who wins right, the, right, you know, yeah, the, the yeah. prettiest girl, yeah. or whatever. Then we, I, my year ends. So I'm like, I love you, but I ooh, I can't stay. And then I surprise her six months later. I fly back in and cause she's a senior. So she's got another year left. So I, I fly back and kind of surprise. I'm here for the, whatever it was, the, the prom, the dance, the something. Right. right. And I had another surprise. Yo, I got a ring. If we get married, ooh, then you can man. come back with me back to England ooh. or I can come here. Cause otherwise we'd always be separated. Right. Tourist visas. Oh, yeah So I mean we didn't we didn't quite discuss it that business like, you know, visas. <laughs> I know, was, know. It was like I love you Yeah. Was
0: she also uh, into you?
1: Oh yeah, very oh, much. Yeah. So, like I spoke to her parents, I got oh wow you know, permission or Wait, whatever. Hold you on call so, it. How old were you we at this time again? Nineteen, she's Ma- eighteen. So and we you, got married. You you did? In a church with oh, wow. praying and singing Ooh. and all that. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> are you are you married? Yeah, not anymore. Not any- oh, you're oh, <laughs> you just did? telling you the story. <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> it. This is good stuff. This is
0: juicy. I love it. I love the story. Okay, so you how long? So you you came. Where did you in the US? Where did you come and which school? What from the from? And where were you in England?
1: I was in England in the southwest. That's kind of near to Stonehenge. Like if England is a shoe shape, L- how far how far from London? Because uh, a couple hours. Okay. Yeah, London's like in the heel of the shoe. And I always say I'm kind of over near the laces, if that makes sense, if you use the boot shoe Uh analogy. Um, And then when I went to America, I was like, I want to go where Michael Jordan went. So I went to North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. You mentioned that. Yeah. And uh, how long was that for? A full year. And they actually say during that year, you're not, I mean, you're allowed, but it's not recommended that you go home. Cause you know, go home for Christmas or have a visit. Cause people start getting homesick or whatever. I didn't feel, I've got to say I didn't feel any sense of homesick. I was like, yes, right. I know. You know, I'd write home, you know, it was old school, like write with a pen and paper, you know, and like tell mom what was going on. And I wrote a lot of like diary stuff. It was almost like I was vlogging, but I was writing it all down. Right. And, um, yeah, that was that was a crazy year that ended up in a you know getting married. We didn't stay together. We 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 were together for like three or four years, and then you could see that we were just kind of young and dumb, and, and mm-hmm. maybe got together a bit too soon. And you know, she wanted to do her thing. I want to do my thing. Correct.
0: Right. So, how long were you guys together for?
1: About three or four. Like I was probably like twenty-two. Twenty-two. Nice. Yeah, twenty-three, and, and we ended up. We, we moved to America a little bit. We moved to England a little bit, We couldn't really figure out. I didn't really right. want to be in England, right. but she did. Cause she sees it like all American girls, like a fairy tale. There's green grass and rolling hills and castles <laughs> and I can be the princess. And, Amer- and American girls. Uh, so I did my MBA
0: at. University of Maryland and all the American girls I hear, they say British accent, British accent. Do you get all the yeah attention, ladies' attention? Or does yeah. That-
1: they would call me up from the <laughs> basketball team. They would overhear me saying, water bottle. I need the water. <laughs> Where's the water? <laughs> oh, quick, God. quick. Like on a timeout. <laughs> I need the water. And they'd be like, say it again. I'm like, we haven't got time. Just pass me the oh, water bottle. So then, you know, this is in, in like a heated game. <laughs> Later, they'd call the house, old school, you know, landline. I'd be like, hello, it's for Seb. Oh, Seb, you know. Say water bottle again. (laughs)
0: It's a bad drink or
1: Well no, I just thought it was funny. Like I've never had anyone call up the house, you know. My friend wants to hear you say (laughs) water bottle. I'd have to like now I've learned to adapt my language a little bit. Like if I were to go in Subway and order a sandwich, I have to say like tomatoes. I'll have a a water. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they don't understand when I say tomatoes, water. I go in a restaurant and they say what would you like to drink? Water. (laughs) Sorry?
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. do you th- do you think uh, you have it easy with with girls because you're uh, you have because of the British accent? Or? I guess it helps.
1: Yeah, that's part of the reason that I think I like being in America. Yeah, you know, there's no other place I can go where, yeah, there's that right. extra additional bonus attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to Australia yet, but apparently the girls there are a bit more forward. I so I hear mm-hmm. they're a bit more like they approach you or they're you know they're um, instigating the hokey-pokey sort of, you know, they're like, ooh... But they sound a bit like, oh, yeah, all right, mate, jump into you. G'day, mate. Yeah, they haven't got the same accent, have right. they? They're like a really sexy girl I want to go surfing. And I'm thinking, oh, they'd be much more right. sexy if they had that right. American, American accent. accent. There's nothing wrong with American accent. Like a movie star. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even if they're like, whatever, I'd love that. Like, uh uh-huh. Right. I got my handbag, you know, like <laughs> shoes, doing I my know. makeup. That's totally different to like... Can I, mate? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: Even as an Indian, I feel the same.
0: There
1: you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, twenty-two there, and um, let's talk about influence of uh, of your family on you. How, oh yeah. Th- how uh, how do how what traits do you think you get from your 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 folks?
1: Yeah, great question. So, mom is always very much into like animals, horses, the countryside. She purposely had me grow up in, out in the out in the sticks, out in the country, out you know, in the, the the hills and the farms and away from everything. And she, she used to joke, she just treats me like a dog. Like she'll say food, you know, is a 6 p.m. and otherwise just go out and play. So I just had the freedom to just go do whatever. I ride my bike. Wow, nice. Um, I, you know, we we'd go all over. We'd go on what we call adventures, even mm-hmm. back then, where we'd just pick something like, I don't know see that windmill in the distance let's try and walk all the way there going in a straight line climbing over hedges and through people's backyards And we would just go exploring like we could just do we could roam around and do anything our only real nemesis the arch nemesis danger was the farmers who would chase us <laughs> and we'd like run from the farmers so i got quite good at that um what was your mom's name oh it is i don't know if i'm i i'm always hesitant to be to oh no then it's okay yeah yeah, yeah I, I don't know right. yeah only because Sometimes she's in the live stream. She'll probably be here now. <laughs> and then one, you know, she'll comment, and then I'll say, "Hey, mom!" And then everyone goes, "Oh, that's his mom!"
0: Let's let's so let's continue on
1: on. Uh, so you get those traits from from her. What else? Um, I suppose, like I said, the, I think the main thing is that connection with the animals, the horses. That's what she really taught me. Mm-hmm. She'd always make sure we've got a dog or a horse, or a, and I always feel like it's my dog too. You know, my little puppy friend. <laughs> uh, in fact, when I still speak to her now, she gets on the phone on the WhatsApp and holds it near the dog and I can go, Hey little buddy, how are you doing? And you can <laughs> see her looking around like, Oh wow. Yeah. She recognizes the voice. So on the flip side, that's where I get that nature thing from my dad, like my French dad, which I didn't realize till I was later right. in my life. He has this kind of spontaneous, wild, exciting, uh, you know locked out of the apartment. Don't worry. I'll climb up (laughs) 10 balconies and climb in the window. Like this kind of quite dangerous. Like here's another example. He was late for a train. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Ran and tried to jump on and got his leg stuck down between the train and got pulled down, like totally mashed his leg and got sucked under the train. He was, he's all right. he's just mashed his leg up, but like. Stuff like that. That's like, whoa, that's the biological, like, uh, line that I come from. And then my second dad, you know, the one I grew up with, is a total opposite to that, which mum was kind of seeking something a bit more calm and, and cool and, and careful, <laughs> right, than my original dad. I mean,
0: I liked your adventurous dad, but careful is good. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit
1: unpredictable.
0: my like, leg is...
1: Yeah. <laughs> useful. Yeah. Hang on to both legs. So... My, uh, you know, stepdad, I suppose he's called, who I call dad, is very much like, you know, worked in a business, went there every day, you know, didn't get home till it's dark, um, had a company car, is very reliable and very sturdy and very solid and also not too emotional about things. Like if I was ever like, you know, young and like crying and blah, they'd be like, yo, you don't do that. <laughs> just go to your room and shut up. Like it was kind of like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. there's no outbursts like that. It's just like, no, you know, you don't do that. So that was kind of cool to have all these different influences. Aspects. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of who I've become like, I was writing about it today in my writing my book, how I don't really tend to cry about things, not because I'm not trying to be tough, but there's certain things that will make me cry. And I was like wondering like, what is it that causes that? I think it's usually realizations or, or powerful moments for me. It's not, I don't tend to just mope around or, mm-hmm. or, I don't know. Maybe I've got enough sleep, enough sugar that I don't feel shaky. You know, mm-hmm. I'm quite stable. Mm-hmm. I think some people who cry a lot, they're just unstable. They haven't got enough energy. You know? So like, when you say cry as in complain, no, I mean cry as in literally, literally like tears, tears. coming mm. down. Like today I was writing about uh, when I moved to Spain because later in the story, I uh, decided that England's too cloudy. I want to be in the sun. I want to have the fruit. I moved to Spain and I essentially kind of lost everything because I moved all my stuff. You know my my jeep my snowboard my bike my I I moved everything and then it didn't kind of didn't work out so I lost I just kind of left it all behind but ironically what made me cry was leaving it behind this white horse (laughs) that was just he lived on the mountain he was called Trumper Mm -hmm. and I just felt like so sad like Trumper Mm -hmm. he was like my best buddy it was cool he was like a majestic Sort of white wise a bit like Gandalf in mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. you know but like a horse version and uh, of course I video blogged all this some of the people on wow. YouTube know this story and they watched it happen live they watched my Jeep get towed away or whatever and um, it's just odd sometimes it, it catches me off guard the things that make me cry I don't know why I'm talking about it now I suppose I was just ragging about it but yeah leaving behind a white horse who's fine without me <laughs> you know what I mean but he was like my mentor he was this majestic sort of um, minimalist, right? Mm-hmm. Completely wild. He wasn't penned in. He wasn't behind a fence. He was mm-hmm. just lived on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And some mornings I'd be watching the sunrise and I'd film it and whatever. And I'd turn around and he's right there. Just standing, just this quiet, silent foundation. How did you find the horse? He just lived on the mountain. Like the same mountain that I moved to, I had a villa with a load of fruit orchards. He just, when I went up and down the mountain, I noticed there's a horse in the road, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd eventually start feeding them carrots out the window and stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I asked people around, that like, whose horse is that? They're like, he isn't anyone, so they call him Trumper. And he just lives on the mountain, like, he roams around. So I'd try and, like, bring him water. Trumper is water. Mm-hmm. And, like, the classic phrase you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Like, he taught me <laughs> a lot of things. Like, he was like, he, was just, he would just do his own thing. He'd be happy when I had carrots. But like, I couldn't, I couldn't coerce him. I couldn't own him. I couldn't force him to do anything. He was just this amazing white horse that lived on the mountain. And that taught me more than anything. And that's what I mean. That's what hit me today. where I, I, I had trumpeters. but on the flip side, when I've run across America from Miami to Hollywood you get all that way you think you'll reach hollywood sign you know you've made the t-shirt and everything you'll be yeah. like i made it and yeah. it will make me cry i didn't cry at all
0: oh
1: man i was just as far as i'm concerned it felt like i just ran from woodland hills <laughs> to hollywood Only about 20 miles You're <coughs> right it didn't feel like yeah i think maybe that comes from my upbringing i don't know i just thought that might be some association there hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> i think it's a good time to to switch into uh, understanding
0: a little bit about more about your running mm. and how um how uh, would you recommend or maybe walk through how you got get started with with running and how what li- uh, w- um, how much have you been running? If you want to give the details about from where to where, since when and what was your end goal. And if someone like me wants to start or someone wants to get into your lifestyle, gets inspired by Seb, Seb, Seb today mm. and is like, hey, you know what, I want to live that kind of life. What kind of gear should he or she buy? what risks or threats that they should be aware of, how they should be prepared for it and what beautiful experiences are, they, are awaiting them. Brilliant question, I love the way you worded it. <laughs> so
1: I'll go in reverse from yeah. what's awaiting you, what beautiful experiences, yeah. they're in nature. You have to find a trail to run, you have to find a wild place or a back lane, country lane, dirt road, And if possible, combine that with somewhere you have to go anyway. Like if I'm going to the post office or if I'm doing something where I have to carry too much stuff home, I'll run there instead of drive or or ride a bike. So that's how I would suggest people begin is like just do small local distances, which you're doing anyway, run to work and run back. Um, That's what I did and started to, build the endurance to where, for example, town is five miles for me. It's five miles there and five miles back. Mm-hmm. So when I'm eating a lot of carbs, fruits, roots, rice, <laughs> oats, I'd run into town, eat something like a melon and run home again. Then way I don't have to carry the melon. It would just be like a little mission. And I'd probably have some other things to do along the way, get a t-shirt printed or go to the post office. Like I said, nice. Um Then that progresses a bit more to like i 'm going to take the long way round i 'm going to go unnecessarily all through <laughs> the woods and right round this you know big loop mm-hmm. that now the run to town is like fifteen miles, and then you slowly edge it up, but someone who 's never started, I would say start start you know only ever add ten percent like at a very small amount like if you 'd never run a mile then mm-hmm. just run a mile and then don 't run two mm-hmm. run one point two mm-hmm. and then run one and a half and then slowly get to two like the increments that you increase need to be very, very small uh, because otherwise people will just be super sore and they'll think, oh, well, that's not a good idea. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's surprising how Correct. sore people get. Like I was chatting to some people this week and they said, oh, my legs, you know, and I said, how many miles did you <laughs> run? And they were like five miles. Mm-hmm. It was odd to hear that because I couldn't remember being sore from five miles. For me, I have to do 20 or 30 miles at least before I'd be mm-hmm. sore. So... I still don't consider myself a runner, though, having said that, Mm -hmm. like I, I, a bit like if someone drives, they don't call themselves a driver. It's just (laughs) their transport, right? It's just your way of getting around. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just getting around. I, what I mean by I'm not a runner, too, is I don't read running magazines. I don't meet up with running groups. I don't wear, like, spandex Rah. and bright reflective gear. I don't sort of look at other people's shoes and say, oh, what have you...
0: Oh, okay, because that, that was going to be my, my question. Do you, uh, would you recommend people to buy a shoe?
1: Well, I mean, I personally, I like the Hokas. They're, they're called Hoka, H-O-K-A, mm-hmm. um, specifically the Bondi are good. They're real well cushioned. And I just trying out these new carbon X, they've got a carbon plate. So they kind of go boing, boing. Mm-hmm. And this is thanks to the company that sent me them. Cause I could never afford them. some of them are almost $200 shoes. So I've now worn out about nine pairs Ooh. because I've run from England where I started, right. flew to Miami and then run all across America doing the long way too, 4,000 miles total, as far as how long ago, approximately 600 days ago. And that includes all the Hawaiian islands as well. Like running around the perimeter of those just unnecessarily, just like I said, driving around, just running around, just transport, like never been to Hawaii. Be cool mm-hmm. to explore it. Let's do the coastline. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did That answer it. I so suppose. yeah, that
0: was, uh, that was the shoe part. Um, <clears throat> what about your knees? And st- I've heard that people say if you run a lot, Something, you know, your knees
1: get affected? Yeah, I, I, I was f- fearful of that. I heard that. What about your knees? Especially with them wearing a belt that weighs 35 yeah. pounds. It's got all my stuff in it, like my hammock and my sleeping bag and whatever. I right. need to survive. Film equipment to, to film it all. Right. So I never have any problems with my knees. But that's because I take tiny steps. I think people who are mashing their knees are taking big strides. Right. They're landing on their heel and they're right. getting a lot of impact. Right. Anytime you take a big stride, you're going to stretch your groin, <laughs> your hip. You've got right. all kinds of muscles there that are going to cause trouble. You've got slamming on your knees, mm-hmm. uh, your heels. But if you take tiny steps, it is literally like walking fast. Right, and you're reducing your chance of injury massively and roughly once every 10 minutes, I had to set an alarm in the beginning to remind me, but I try and just walk, just walk for one minute. Do a warm up? Well, no, the whole time. So it's literally run, walk, run. There's a guy called Jeff Uh Galloway. Jeff Galloway is like the, the pioneer, the leader of injury free running, which is really what I'm aiming for. I'm not trying to be fast or, all the best or impress anyone or be the first, at any of it. I'm just doing it just for fun. Yeah. And the only way it would be a disaster is if I got hurt. Right. So successful running to me is injury free running. So if I have to walk for a minute, every 10 minutes, sure. Like right. Often what I do is with my headphones, I tend to be playing music or playing something like that. So as the track changes, I kind of slow down. Cause you get that quiet bit between the tracks. And then oh what's next It kicks in. Oh, it's this one. I love this one. I'll be singing along in our mind again. Nice.
0: Um do you have a certain playlist?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how quick music gets boring though. So, music will last me a few hours, but I might be running for <laughs> like 8, 10, 15 <laughs> hours sometimes. The most I've ever run is 24 without stopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, I stop to eat, but I need something in my ears entertaining me the whole time. I'm not one of these no headphone runners. There are people who are, uh, you know, <laughs> run run with natural <laughs> nature sounds. I'm not one of those. I like have to have something playing. Right. Um, that's just my style. Right. So I've got all kinds of stuff in my arsenal. I've got like motivational speaking, yeah. you know, uh, inspirational talks where it's like, right, you can do it. You don't right. stop. Whatever. The only right. way to fail mm-hmm. is if you stop. Right. Right. Yeah, right. I love those. And that's just going yeah. off in my right. head. And right. and I almost know the words. And I've heard it like literally hundreds of times on a right. loop. But I still play that same <laughs> playlist. Right. Um, I've also got entertaining stuff like movies, nice. but the MP3 version. So I'm listening to Forrest Gump or um, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber or Truman <laughs> show, yeah. like movies. I like. Right. like all my favorite movies. I've got a guy who specifically downloads them for me and, and gets the MP3 Beautiful. Lord of the Rings. Imagine if you listen to the whole trilogy, oh, that's man. like nine hours yeah. or so of, of entertainment okay. and I've seen the movie so I can imagine it. And it makes me feel like I'm on an epic right. quest because I'm listening to Lord right. of the Rings. That's another technique or audio books, audio normally eight or 10 hours long. Right. You know, as I sort through that, maybe podcast is two hours. As I'm flicking through my phone, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, Oh, I'm sick of the music. Now I'll listen to the audiobook for two hours and then I'll do that movie for two hours. It's kind of like flicking through your TV. Like what do I do next? Mm-hmm. But I'm on the move while mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So in terms of running from
0: where to where have you run to give people an idea? Uh, how do you mean from where like, to where? Um, let's say my friends in India are listening to you uh, in terms of running from you said
1: you started running from Miami to LA. Yeah. You're I basically run from one town to the next. It's really what it comes down to. Okay. Like what determines how far I run that day is how far is it to the next? No, town. not that
0: day in terms of, you know, the entire goal that you had, the one year running with the look,
1: the Yeti look that you oh, had. Oh yeah. So what was that about? That was about 4,000 miles total. Miami to LA is, is what I call it. Okay. Um, but like I said, it includes some, some Hawaii there and it's really, yeah, running from one town to the next because I'm gonna eat when I get there. And I'm pretty much running on empty. Right. Or maybe I've got a few raisins or some backup sort of sugar or, or something, but very small amount so I don't have to carry too much weight. Right. I don't carry water either, I'll just find water along the way. Right, so right. that's what determines Ooh. Ooh. We have helicopters. It's amazing I how bad that is. Yeah. It's all right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's L.A. for you. I know. Enjoy the beautiful music <laughs> for free. <laughs> I hope there's no copyright <laughs> on that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, so sometimes the town is 40 miles. And I'm going to go there through the night because the daytime heat's too much. You know? Right. I've literally run 40 miles, watching the sun set. It's dark, 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 looking over my shoulder. Here's the sun again. And boom, I'm there. Right. You know, 8, 10-hour run through the night. Right, right. I just go with how I feel. If I wasn't feeling up to it, I would have taken some days off or gone a shorter distance. Right. Was there a reason you chose Miami to LA? I feel like it's the the longest distance possible and they're both kind of Awesome places that I wanna go, like beaches yeah, and yeah, yeah. calisthenics. Right, right. Uh, pull up bars yeah. and, and cool people and bikini babes. Oh like, there's gonna be babes in roller <laughs> skates. Right. I wanna I wanna be running where all the girls are go going the, by in roller a, skates. Yeah, that's also a good motivation. <laughs> right, yeah, it's right? brilliant. One thing I didn't expect is as soon as I started up you know running around Miami, everyone would just go, yo, I was thinking I might be kind of undercover and people wouldn't notice. But they didn't. They stopped me and say, Yo, what is that? Is that weights? So I was like, "Yeah, it's weights. Ooh, it's yeah. much easier to explain. I, I don't want to shout too loudly about, "No, I've got a really expensive laptop and uh, hammock and sleeping bag and all these yeah. different things in the tent. Like, yeah It's a lot of kit there. that's pretty expensive, and I right. And plus, as soon as I say I'm running to L.A., now we've got a million questions. Right. So sometimes I would just be like, just wait.
0: Right, sometimes. <laughs> but I think when the cute girls show up, you probably...
1: It depends on the situation. <laughs> it depends if I'm on the move. On yeah. the move, right. And right. who's asking the question. Sometimes I find it funny. or not sometimes, pretty often. It became like a catchphrase where I would be like, I ran here from Miami. I would just say right. it like I'm leaving a shop, you know, buying something or whatever or they would ask. Uh, the belt causes a lot of questions. Yeah, do you
0: get a lot of digits through that?
1: No, I'm not really seeking girls. <laughs> like, it mostly tends to be like other traveling people or fitness people who are interested. Right. It doesn't right. necessarily mean all the girls think, wow, he ran here from Miami. <laughs> I wish that was true. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. seem like it. Yeah.
0: Hey, that was the first part of my conversation with Seb. Stay tuned for the next part. Sandy purse, Sandy, Gelly with Sandy, Sandy purse,